0: International Horse College's motto is people safety and horse welfare, and you'll find this message throughout our chats. Registered training organisation number 31352. Our guest today is Zoe Code. How are you today, Zoe?
1: I'm really great, thank you very much. I hope you're
0: okay. Yeah, good to talk to you. Now, I'll just give people a little bit of background about Zoe. Zoe's got a background in dressage, show jumping, and eventing. She's been a horse professional and trainer a long time. She's also now an author. She was a trainer in the Mustang makeover in Germany, which I think was a first for Europe, and now she's been in the newly released movie Listening to the Horse. She's spreads a knowledge and a passion and teaches clinics worldwide. Does that pretty much explain you, Zoe, or is there anything else we need to put in there?
1: That pretty much sums it up, I think. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Now, you know we start off with a favourite quote. Yes. Yes. What have you got for us?
1: So I've got for you dressage is for the horse. The horse is not for the dressage. Mm-hmm. And this is by Bent Branderup. Yes. He's now a grand master of the dressage and very renowned in Europe, and I hope in the future, the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. I know that um, you know you sort of said a little bit about him here about bringing back the very essence of the old ways of training a horse fit for a king, saying that it takes years to develop a horse correctly and healthily for any discipline, and he reaches the very high levels of dressage in the high school no matter what the breeding of the horse. So I think that sort of says a little bit about his background as well.
1: Yeah, it's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. Anything from an Icelandic to a Shire
0: yeah yeah now you've sort of started off with dressage show jumping and eventing, and you've gone on now and you've become a bit of a superstar really Zoe <laughs> What sort of took you from just the classical you know or the background of dressage show jumping eventing? what's brought you in? what's expanded so that you you've got so much more media you're a trainer in the Mustang makeover? You know, I'm sure they weren't looking for people so much, but people who were able to to really understand horses and, you know, have that knowledge of bringing on young horses. What got you into that field?
1: It's really the type of training, really, um, and the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2005, I moved from England to the Netherlands, yep. and the way I trained horses completely changed. Um, I went from working a 35-hour week to a 70-hour week. And the one horse I had at that time, let's say, our relationship kind of got dissolved. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point where I was absolutely terrified of her. And I couldn't even catch her from the field, things like that. So I realized that I needed more knowledge and had to change. Mm -hmm. So I actually went on the pathway of natural horsemanship, um, I was a three-star Pirelli professional for seven years, mm-hmm. and that was absolutely life-changing for me. Um, I decided to leave the, the Pirelli pathway uh, a year ago to venture out on my own, and that's pretty much how I got invited to do the Mustang makeover Yep. Um, in combination with my, my colleague, Silke Valentin. She invited me to, to assist her on training with them, the Mustangs. Yeah. And I have to say it was the most amazing experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. T- tell us, for people who haven't
0: heard about the Mustang makeover, tell us a little bit about it.
1: Basically, it's in support of um, the, the... There's kind of a problem in the United States with regards to the Mustangs and where they can live. Um, land is shrinking, and people's patience with having these Mustangs on their land is shrinking. So they put these Mustangs into holdings. And there's a few foundations out there. One is called the BLM. So the best, there's, there's two options for these horses. One, they can either basically get rid of them, mm-hmm. shoot them, or two, they can look into rehoming them. And fortunately, and thanks to social media, there's many foundations out there trying to rehome them, and the guys that organized the German Mustang maker we were the first in Europe to kind of bring this to our eyes to, to make us realize that we we too can rehome these beautiful horses mm-hmm. um, so it's kind of gone from there and it's very successful. Last year was the second year, and they're definitely going to continue mm-hmm. into
0: 2019 okay okay and how many horses were brought over
1: last year was 20 this year was 30 okay and they managed to rehome all of them and now there's kind of uh, something going on in the background where they continue to help rehome mustangs and get them over to europe there's so much going on it it, it's very nice and very interesting and i'm a big advocate of this uh, project
0: Mm -hmm.
1: to rehome the mustangs
0: yeah
1: yeah
0: and then is it from there that you became part of the newly released movie, The Listening to the Horse, was that sort of bringing, you know? So I'm sort of following your pathway here that you um, (laughs) started off with, let's say, traditional classical training, you know, your dressage show, jumping eventing. Then you got to a stage where you may have been riding, and a lot of people do. They ride and compete, but they don't have any sort of relationship with their horse. And, and uh, the fact that you can't go and can't catch your horse, then you started to learn a lot more about natural horsemanship. You became a three star trainer with Pat. And then you did the Mustangs. And then as that brought you to the listening to the horse movie. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. In some okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I think it's a good story, and I think that, um, you know, you would have been persistent. It's, it wouldn't have been just one decision. I mean, one might have led on to the other, which led on to the other, which led on to the other, but I'm sure it wasn't just one decision. I'm sure it was multiple decisions and multiple ways of you being persistent with your with your passion, with your knowledge, with your beliefs that sort of kept you progressing through that. Is is that right? Am I reading that right?
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Now I'm head.
0: <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah. Good, good. What do you think then, the knowledge that you've got now, what would you say to people who are, you know, th- you going back to when you had that horse in the field, what could you tell your younger self?
1: Oh, I guess the main message is really just understand who horse is really are. Mm-hmm. I mean as I say this you now tear up because I see this day in, day out that people own these beautiful, majestic, interesting, incredibly interesting animals. You know very little about them. I mean we see this as well with dogs and cats. Tell my young love, find out more about these horses, find out about how they interact, find out about what they really think because they do really think very different to us. Mm -hmm. And when we can just have a little tiny essence of an understanding of this, it just helps us. It stops us getting frustrated. The world never does anything to make us angry on purpose. They're so pure. They cannot lie. And all of these frustrations that come up when, let's say, we're having problems with the horse, kind of activate our human response. And for me, I'm a little half Irish lady, it was very easy for me to lose my temper. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned the most, especially the past 10 years, is to keep that temper in The horse is not doing this to annoy you. And the more understanding you have about them, it leads to every subject, from leading to riding to going out on a trail. Things just start to become more beautiful, mm-hmm. so to speak. Okay.
0: All right. Now, I'm just thinking about you as an author, wrote a book, is it right, The Horse Who Broke Two Legs? Yes. Tell tell us a bit about that
1: horse. So that's the same horse. It's a mare. She's a a very big horse. She sits around 900 kilos, which is just less than a tonne. And she'd been hard on a field, and there was a couple of scenarios. I can't quite pinpoint how and when she broke her leg I explained that in the book, but it did turn out that she broke off a piece of her patella, completely moved her leg. And I talk about my journey of decisions I had to make to help her come through this. And the main message in the book, just like everything from training to, to mm-hmm. learning, horses are at their absolute best when they're just given time. And even with this quite severe fracture, which horses have been put to sleep for less, um, I gave her the time to pull through, and we just watched this horse help herself and heal herself over about a period of eighteen months, bring her back into 100% mm-hmm. a hundred percent recovery position. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very beautiful story. It's a little bit uh, dark in places because I talk about. Um, where I went in my head and it was feelings and emotions that came up during this period but mm-hmm. to be quite frank it was one of the most amazing experiences with regards to horses mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All combined in one book
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, So what happened, yeah. you know you got to the stage where you couldn't couldn't catch, her, couldn't do anything with her you did the work with Pirelli, did you go back to
1: her? Yeah, I um, of course in that time Pat had V8 tapes available.
0: Okay. And so you were able to do that. Yep.
1: them at least, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Started from there, and I have to say in three weeks, I it was just completely different. Okay. I was different. She was Good. different. She was Good. out. It was just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Traditional story. <laughs>
0: yes, yes. Okay, so now when you go out, because you travel around the world, you go out and do clinics now for people. Then, you know, if you come along, you're seeing a whole lot of people at a clinic. They might be complete strangers. What's a common and there's two things here. A common thing for that you could teach the people, and also exercises that you like to do to test the horse, to warm up the horse. Not test, but you know, give a see where the horses are at, to see what level they're at, or um to see, you know, if there's anything you need to do, a warm-up exercise. So two things. One is a, a common problem that we can help people with, and the other thing is a warm-up exercise or an exercise that you can do with your horse.
1: So a common, the common thing, I like to get it to the point where I can teach the people to not pull and to not keep the horse to go. Mm-hmm. Um prior to that, of course, there are relaxation skills. And um, basically, when I start off the clinic, my introduction is kind of with the, these words, I want to complement your work kit and what you already know. Because, you know, there's so much information out there today, it can be kind of overwhelming. So I like to get it to a point where I don't want to make this person feel undermined. and um, I want to understand a little bit about what they know first. And then I'll complement that. And then at the same time, if there's some, let's say, bad habits coming, I can kind of um, pull the person away from that and give them a, a better, in, almost instant result of how oh. they could do that better. Okay. And usually um, kicking and pulling mm. are my biggest uh, no-nos mm-hmm. and how i turn that around and get that a bit more efficient but this is the same with groundwork I mean a lot of people do um, quite handy groundwork but it's usually missing the the, the technique on the human's hands and their internal energy okay. their internal energy can be too high or too low or their expectations too high for the horse in that moment so that's why I'm usually trying to figure out and get people good with first and that does involve moving the horse's feet around High disengagements, getting the horse to a place where he's mentally engaged in what the human is asking, and not just just because that's what they've been asked to do. Yeah. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I like the term there. You know, mentally engaged.
1: Yeah, yeah. mentally engaged. It's yeah. very important because you know horses are so giving. They give us a lot of. You know, it's like the horse that never spooked and then one day he spooked out of the blue mm. that mm. spook didn't come out of the blue he just probably gave that human a lot of gifts yes. <laughs> yes. to and then one day out yeah. it popped <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What about a warm up exercise for a horse? You know if you, if you sort of go in and you've got a group of people that you're teaching and you're trying to work out where they're up to, so what sort of exercise would you do there?
1: Sometimes to be honest, it's to do nothing, mm-hmm. to get humans where they can just really stand there, see what their horse does when they ask them to stand there, and really do nothing. And the term I learned for this is called the zero brace. You know, horses stand around together a lot doing nothing in a very silent world. I find it quite interesting. A lot of horses cannot do that with their humans. So that's one exercise. And then from the moment where they start to move the horses' feet, I like to get it where the human moves the horses feet first. Mm-hmm. Um I learned these are Paparelli's words. Um leadership is who moves whose feet first. And horses are so good at moving their humans' feet first. Mm-hmm. So I like to get Just that one little exercise where the human leads the nose and moves the horse's feet first and already at that moment the horses are um, more mentally engaged and listening to the human because it's a change in skills, it's a change in language and so forth. And then we just kind of go from there.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look, horsechats.com. Okay. And Zoe, going back over to the Mustang makeover, are you going back next year?
1: Um, It's quite possible I will be a judge. Mm -hmm. Um, As for the actual training of a Mustang, I don't actually have the facility to hold a world Mustang. At this time. Okay. Well, I did um, two years ago, I was actually at Silker's place in Germany, so I was traveling back forwards my hours <laughs> to train the, the Mustang. So I hope in the near future I have the facility because it, it's not something that. Can't be taken seriously. You've got this semi wild horse mm. and It can't stand behind an electric fence. It can't, you know, they'll just run through this electric. Sure. Fence. Yep. There has to be proper facility to, and I just can't do it right now. Yeah. yeah. But I hope For in sure. the future. It's For possible. Sure. I would love to. <laughs> okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right then. Now, what else have you got planned? you know sort of expanding the facility and then looking at doing something there? I know you're travelling and you're doing clinics, teaching. Have you got anything else planned? you got another book planned? I've got two
1: books planned. Good. And I've got, um, it's actually a secret program. Oh, okay. <laughs> that <I'm> okay. Involving <laughs> about certain objects that are not out there yet for the horse. Um, but so I can go about my book. Should come out somewhere around early uh, 2019. Okay. Called the five sensory systems of the horse.
0: Okay. Just say that again. The five. The
1: five sensory systems.
0: Okay. All right. And that'd be great if we can come back and um, talk about that when it's out. I think. Yeah. And also maybe get a little little bit of an insight to your secret project that we're you're not allowed to talk about yet. That would be really good. No, not yet. (laughs) That's okay. When when we talk about the five-century systems, we we might talk about the secret project as well. Uh, Super. (laughs) Okay. All right, Zoe. Look, before you go, though, have you got a philosophy? If you were going to, you know, as I said, talk to your younger self or talk to someone who's just starting out with horses, you know, what would you say to them to do with getting horses, riding, training, Just in a couple of sentences. I
1: would just say find yourself a good education program or somebody that um, inspires you and Mm -hmm. follow them and learn from and follow them long enough so that you actually start to get good at what you're learning. Okay. Um, Because people they start to learn something, get a few good tips, and then they move off or they don't do it anymore. So that's what I would say. say Find something, learn, get good at it. Good. Does that help?
0: <laughs> yeah. Now, Zoe. How can people contact you? So I have
1: a many options. <laughs> I have a website, Zoecode.com. You can find me on Facebook. I also have a, a Facebook page called Zoe's Horse Bites. Okay. In there, you're going to see quite a lot of vlogs and videos, and also on Instagram Zoe Code.
0: Okay. Okay. And those details will be on Horse Chats as well. You can go to horsechats.com/slash Zoe Code and Code is C O A D E, or just go to horsechats.com and search for Zoe, and you'll find the contact details for Zoe if you'd like to talk to her a little bit more about her training and about lots and lots of things she's done. You can ask her privately about a secret project. She might be able to tell you. I'm not sure. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and we'll stay in touch. And when when you've got your book out as well Zoe we'll talk to you about that.
1: Okay thank you so much.
0: Okay thank you very much bye-bye. Thanks thank you. Okay bye. If you've enjoyed this chat then please comment rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests then please contact us through horsechats.com and while you're online have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com.